Due to technical difficulties, audio only will be available and there won't be any video. Welcome back, Rabbi Dr. Eliezer Brat. We are here for part two of discussing the early origins of saying L'David Hashem Ayri during these times, during Elul, Saras Yimei Shuvah. Some people have the minute to say it. Most of us actually until Shemini Atzeres Simchas And we left off discussing that perhaps a source for saying the L'David came from Chemnas Yomim, and that's a reason why people may stay away from saying it. So let us pick up from right over there. Okay, so basically we... Um, after we discussed the, the early origins, we, we basically moved into um, certain Hasidim specifically, their Minig Arayoyim is not to say it. So, the Chemdes Yamim, which is published, we, we we're pretty sure it's published um, 1731 the first time, although we don't know the author. So, last time I read a letter that was printed in the in the 1920s from Leivs Sameach HaChadash, which listed out um, various Hasidic Gedalim, such as the Chayzim Lublin, um, the Rapchitzer, and others that would not say it. And the reason given was because it's in the Chemnitz Yom. So at the time, last time around, I mentioned that when that that, that if one looks carefully into the Chemnitz Yom, we will see that it does not say that. Now, before we go back to seeing what it does say in the Chemnitz Yom, more recently, there's a tshuva from Ramesha Halberstam. And Ramesha Halberstam also has a tshuva where he discusses about the, the minig. Someone wrote a sefer about Hilchas Rosh Hashanah, and I guess they got into discussion somehow about it. And he, Ramesha Halberstam, brings down this Lev Sameh Chadash with the Hasidish minig of not to say it. And someone must have brought to his attention that there's, there's an article written in a sefer, I believe, yeah, Divra Yosef from a, um, a Rebarach Katz. This Rabar Katz, his article is one of the most is one of the best articles on the Sugi Ladavid. He wrote it pre Aitzar Chachma days, so he had to do a lot of work. Um, a lot of people take from him. Some are kind enough to give him credit, but many do not. And he made a lot of the interesting discoveries about Ladavid. But of course, there's a lot to add over time because there's a lot of nuances and a lot of other details which we know as time goes on. That's just the way it works. But so someone brought this article to Ramesha Halberstam, or he saw it himself, it could be he knew him. Um, bottom line is that he says, you could say that the, it's clear, Shem Tev Katan talks about this minute, and Shem Tev Katan is before the Chemnitz Yomim, but says says Ramesha Halberstam, but who was, where did this minute to say Betzibur come from? So he says that's the Chemnitz Yomim. And therefore, even though you could point to saying Ludovit is in the Shem Tev Katan, but the saying it Sibur, that's not from the Shem Katan, that's from the Chemnitz Yom. Okay, now, that is what Ramesha Halberstam says. Now, before anything, um, I, I would like to sidetrack for two, three minutes, and then we'll get back to um, discussing what Ramesha Halberstam said more and more about Minhagim of, of other Hasidim. That is as follows. Even let's say it does say in the Chemnitz Yom. Let's say it says in the Chemnitz Yom, this is the Minig, and maybe even the, if, let's say, even if we would go with the worst case scenario, the Chemnitz Yom is the actual source. What is such a big deal to say it if the Chemnitz Yom said it? So, so, um, so that, that is a 
this is a tough question, and I do not plan on trying to answer this barichos today, maybe a different time, maybe a few times, who knows. But um, while going through this, I came across certain things, so it reminded me, and that's why I chose to just mention them right now, and it will give us a little bit more light into this topic overall. We mentioned last time already, it was accused already by Rabbi Yaakov Emden, um, maybe he was the first person even that that noticed or claimed that there's problems that it must be, has connections to Shabbat Zitzvi. So again, I'm not getting into all the details, what the accusations were. A lot, a lot has been written about it. Through, I mean, a crazy amount has been written about it until today. And I quoted last time around a story with Rav Shai Dablitsky, Rav Shai Dablitsky, a great, a big, tremendous Makubal and, and a Paisik who would go through it um, every yontif, and he wrote, he used it, he used it all the time in his farm. But anyway, let's go, um, someone more closer to that time period, the Chida. So the Chida, amongst other things that he did, that we have from him, is we have his stuff that he did throughout the year, Svarim that he learned, and various Anhagas that he did. He kept records for many years of what he did. Not only did he keep a record of his travels, and his dreams and other types of things. These are like sort of autobiographical types of information. Some of this has been discussed. The, the travels has recently been discussed on an episode on um, Svarm Chatter with uh, Maisha Maimon and um, Nachi Weinstein, where they discussed the various new editions of the travels of the Chida. But also, there's also the, he, the notes that he kept of uh, listing what he did each year. Interestingly enough, we've mentioned numerous times, the Chida has the famous work called Shem Agdolim, and if you look in the Shem Agdolim, there's no entry of the Chanes Yam. So did he know about the work? We're, talk, um, we're talking about someone that knew more about Svarim than anyone that whole century, probably. Answer is, he definitely did. And in this work, we see that every year he would go through the work, Chanes Yam. So you'll say, maybe he didn't know anything about Shapsay Tzvi and the Kabbalah and all the problems and all the problematic people. We know from going through his stuff, he knew all about it. He knew everything about this. Um, he was a big expert in this topic. Now, so we see here a person who was well aware of the problematic parts of the Chemnitz Yamim and of these Kabbalists and a person that was an expert in, in understanding and locating things. And he still had no problem and he would go through it before the Yamtaivim to go through the Chemnitz Yamim. But I came across to, to go show you how far this even goes is like this. Later on today, Amir Tzashem, I hope to get up to a very, very fascinating year. His name was Rapinchas Katzenelenbeigen. Rapinchas Katzenelenbeigen was a Rav who dies in, in the seven, about 1765. He was a, a very hush of a Rav, and we'll see he had to do with the Night of Yehuda. And he left behind a very interesting autobiography, which we'll discuss soon. But amongst other things, is he, there's a, a lot of manuscripts of his still exist today in Oxford. So, the, in his autobiography, he discusses different people he met, interesting people, and one of the things he says is, he talks about a certain Sefer that was in his possession. Now, to just backtrack into this tangent, this is the last tangent in the tangent of this tangent, it's as follows. There's a fascinating autobiography besides the Yeshman Chilin, also from a, the same time period, called The Libes Brief of Isaac Wetzler. This was written in Yiddish, and it was translated into English, by Morris Feinstein. Anyway, he talks about that there was some Kabbalistic work in his time. Um, we're talking, we're talking in the 1750s, and basically it had as, it had Askamas, and he said, "I know that this work is very problematic," and he and he points even to a few pages in this work. He says, "Look on page this uh, 13, 39a, 39b, and it's clear from this that this person believes in Shabbat Tzvi that he's the Mashiach." And we're talking about many years after Shabbat Tzvi is dead. So 
um, so how could people even give him Haskamas and write to Sefer is Chashif? Okay, now, he says, I'm not going to tell, he says in his autobiography, I'm not going to tell you who this work is, but it's just such a work. And the footnote over there does not fig, um, write who it is, but it's obvious that it's this work that we're talking about. If you look up the pages that he refers, he gives you exact pages, you look up that edition, you could see that it's this work. Okay. Now, and I have not seen anyone point to, um, have point to that, um, that that's what he's referring to. But now, with that introduction, th- so this, back to Rapinkas Katzenelboy, in Mamish, the same Tkufi, he says, I was a Rav in a certain city, and a book came to my possession called Ar Yisrael. Now, I'm, who discovered this manuscript that I'm referring to now, of the Yesh Manchil in this piece, was Professor Moaz Kahana, and he printed it in, in his book on the Chassam Seif in Nain Bihuda, because while he's de- he, cause this Rapinkas Katzenelboy had to do with Nain Bihuda, he deals with it in his book, so he, he brings this piece. And basically, it's like this. I um, I saw that this Hebrew called Ar Yisrael, and I realized this man is a great Kabbalist. I learned wonderful ideas from his book, which I study every day. Every day. However, when I came to realize from his words that he was a believer in, Sap- in Shapsai Tzvi, I realized it's a mitzvah to stay away from the Sefer. And I realized, um, and he says, But then I said, why should I stop reading this book? It has good, good Mahalchim in Kabbalah. And it explains certain sugis and Darizal. So what, what's going on? So even though he made a tremendous mistake and he believes in chapter 18 is Mashiach, but maybe I still could look at him. And he ends up saying, just as Rameir learned from Acher, that he learned, we know, he, was, he took the Eichel from the Psalus. So he said, I was mamish confused what to do. So I made up, I would not read it on a permanent basis. I would read it only occasionally. Okay. So, so um, that's what this... Um, now we know also that in Moaz kind of located he had that this Rapinchas Katzenelbegin had even worse, so to speak, materials of people related to Shapsay Tzvi. Not only did he know people related to Shapsay Tzvi, he had these materials, but he wrote on in his manuscripts of, of material that he had from them that they're he that he's pointing this out. So so what we see from here, and from the Chida especially, who learned to safer, that even if Taka was from related to Shabbat Shalom, it's problematic that there is such a concept that one can learn from um, just like Rameyer and Acher. Now, this is obviously a very big sugya, a halachic sugya, and it plays out many times, even in re- very recent years. Last year, played in, this past year, it even played out um, in current events, and there's a lot to discuss about. But this is not my place. I'm just reading one passage just re- as it relates to us over here. Okay, now, so, so, so to to get back to our sugya of Ludavid, so even if it is there, even if the minig is there, we see Lamashal the Chida learned it, and as I, I um, um, and and okay, fine. But Lamaisa, when one looks inside the Chemdes Yamim, and not everyone had it, we not um, um, even though Lamaisha Halbushdam was not necessarily so long ago, but the Chemdes Yamim up to a few years ago was much more hard to get safer. Um, today you have Hebrew books, you have Eitzah Hachman, two seconds, you can look it up technically if you know where to find it. So we already said last time that if you look carefully inside it, it's clear it's not the minig of, of ours. Um, um, he just talks about that he had a minig, that he himself had a minig to say the capital of Chaf, of capital of Zion when relating it to the, tying it to the Slichus, nothing to do with the minig that we have, which is from the beginning of El twice a day um, till 
um, as we said in the Shem Tov Katan, was even including Simchas Taira, which then we said, we traced it already till it gets into the Halachic Svarim. It's not the same meaning. There is one similarity over here, which is that he talks about that this, the, Yugimel, this uh, the Shem Hashem comes up Yugimel times in this capital, and that we said is in the Shem Tov Katan, but the Shem Tov is much more Arichos. It's not, it's two different things, and it's not our meaning. Okay. Um, now, um, we'll return back to Ramesh Habasham in a moment, but um, this was one such um, Nakuda in the Hasidish world is the Chemnitz Yom. Okay, fine. Now, um, there are other um, um, there are other Mahalchem in the Hasidish world to explain why not to say Ladavid. And that can be found in a Tshuva of the Kleisenberg. Okay, so the Kleisenberg Rebbe who is not only known for being um, a, a great rabbi, is also known for uh, being a tremendous tamachacham, a paisik, wrote numerous svarim. So he talks about this, and he brings down, um, he says that something that's not in the Shulchan Aruch or the Ksavim, referring to the Arizal, we don't say. It doesn't make a difference, that's it. And, and it doesn't make a difference anything else that you say. What, whatever else you'll say to add to it, Shame to have cut on this, whatever safer it is. It's not, so. So here you see that the minik sans, according to at least the, the Kleisner Garav, is it's not about chemnus yamim anymore. It's more about we don't say things that are not mafurish and shulchan aruch, and or in feirish arizal. So um, that's an interesting take. And then the Kleisner Garav goes in, in this tshuva. He talks about there's other things we should have a kavana about more important davening. Um, 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 you should maybe daven Shmaynesre uh, longer, more make 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 it your business to have kavana and others more, which is a problem. We're not it says if you want to say the capital as a yachid, okay, we say it, or say it, but but to make it that everyone should say it, that that's more what bothers, um, seems to bother the Kleisenberger Rav in this um, in this sugya. Now, just to show is that not only. Um, that's what the Kleisenberger Rav says. So re- in recent years, for um, um, Havat Shalom has printed, Black um, um, of printed the letters between the Benish Chai and Rabbi Elio Mani um, many, over the years, and they collected them in a volume, it's called uh, Mikhtam Elio. And over the year, basically the question was asked of Rabbi Mani, what's the minig in Beit El, the Mekubal Yeshiva, of saying Ludovic? So um, he said, that people that yeah, there are makiris to say it, but he said, but us in Yeshiva Beitel, which is a had all different hagam of apikabala, we don't say it. Why not? But but so there is a svardi minig. He says that they say it the whole year, so you could say it the whole year. But in Elul, after to say it, so we see there's something similar. This is on a, in a, in a some level, this is a little similar to the. Kleisenberger Rav, who's explaining that what the reason behind the Hasidim not to say. Okay, There's, that's an interesting um, Nakuda. Some of you may have noticed that I brought in my picture of the Kleisenberger Rebbe for this episode. I knew this was coming, and although I may not look like a full-blown Kleisenberger Hasid, but both sides, from both sides, you know, we have the connection. I might have mentioned that the, this Shafachayim was my Sandik. Oh, but I guess yeah. when I say it, I guess when I say it in shul where I daven, maybe I'm saying it as a yachid, not as a seaworth, so I could be yet to the sanzer also. I don't know. Either way. Okay. But Ramosha Halberstam also was a was a sanzer. So I guess part of the reason why he didn't say it. 
just an anecdote, anecdotally, when I was learning in Eretz Yisrael, I had this chus to Davin once in his shul. He had a small shul together with his brother, one of those streets in, in Geula, and he has a Sefer Torah from the Medir Chaim. There, small little Sefer Torah, which I had this chus of getting an aliyah in. Okay, back to schedule programming. Okay, so so now it's interesting is, last time I mentioned that there are certain early, there are a bunch of early, real early Hasidic sources that, that, that seem to be that they said Ludavid, and we mentioned at that time, uh, we mentioned last time the Afla, we, we said the Siddur of Shapsi, we said the Balatanya adds it in, and Min Chabad, Lamashal, is to say it. So now, as as the world, we always, um, as I've mentioned many times, there's always new discoveries, new manuscripts, so there's been a discovery of uh, the world of Hasidus, above, again, above my pay grade, but um, a whole Chibor relating to the Torah of the Magani Mezrich. So this Chibur um, has material, drushes, new pieces, something like 100, 150 new pieces that were never printed before. And we have in a piece stated that it was said in Elul 19, in 1772. And it's for El material, um, different pieces over here. And one of the pieces is he's explaining, this capital, fill him with two points. So it's clear why in the world is he talking about this. The answer is, I would say, and after, especially after we see the Hafla and the Siddur of Shapsi, it was an accepted meaning in the Hasidish, in the early Hasidic world, at least, to say it um, um, during El and uh, Tishrei. Okay. Now, but back to Ramesha Halberstam. Ramesha Halberstam, even though he's a, as we just mentioned, a Sanzer, Hasidish, he throws in the Vilna Gain. And, and the Vilna Gain, this is where... Suddenly, you'll find people that don't say Ludavid, Amagronic, just like they say that people become a Chaim Berliner regarding Slichus, so people become a Gronic for Ludavid. Okay, now, so the question is, what does the Gra hold about this? Chaim Berliner for Slichus, Chaim Berliner for not saying Harachamans. Actually, yeah. regarding Gronics and Ludavid, I just saw an article, I believe, written by Reb David Haber from Baltimore, who's a calendar expert, no other way to put it. And he mentioned there a Telzaminig about Ludavid. I believe, I'm recalling correctly, they only say once a day and only till Yim Kippur, Erev Yim Kippur. That was also interesting. I never heard of before. Right, right, right. So the, so the Gra, very, very interesting with the Gra. The Gra, so everyone knows the Gra doesn't say it. Okay. So the question is why the Grah doesn't say it. So without getting into all the reasons, if it's a Tirch Ditzibura, adding in something new, it could be similar to the what the what the um what the Kleisberg brought down, things that are not in Shulchan Aruch or or Ksavim, but that's not necessarily the uh, concern for the Gra. Um but some point okay with the Chemdas, but we already said the Gra um so first of all, last time I mentioned the Gra doesn't have any problems with the Chemdas Yom anyway. But even if you even if that's the truth, um we said anyway, the Chemz Yom is not our minute. So what's the reason? What what is the so what's the minute of the Gra? So you open up your Maisa Rav. A few times it goes out of its way and it says um, at the end of davening, don't add anything. And then he says, um, So it's pretty mafurish in the Maisa Rav that the Gra said not to say it. So now I have a theory which is just a theory, there's no way to prove such a thing, is that the Gra might not have ever heard of the Minig of saying Ladavid, and he's not saying anything about pro or against the Minig, and you can't learn anything into the Gra. What do I mean to say? So the, we have the Sefer Maiserav, 
And Agav, it's very interesting. Who's the person that made the Maisa Rav put it into the world of Allah? The most is clearly the Mishnah Bura. And right in the first episode, we quoted the Mishnah Bura right away in the Hilchasim Tafkot Aleph brings from the Bishem Dachreinim, the Mata Ephraim, of saying it and all the Allahs about it. So in Punkt over here, he doesn't bring the Gra. It's, it's damn interesting. But the Gra in, in, the, in, 17, in 1790s, let's say, the minig was not so widespread. As we showed, if you look in Sidurim, there's no there's Kamat no Siddur that even has it. So the Gra wouldn't have had to make such a big deal because what? The Shem Tev Katan and a few Svarim of the Shem Tev Katan and Tachas Ben Yaman, the Shar Melech, and he's going to make all big Asik about it and not to say it and whatever. So I think is what happens like this. Later on, if you ask, did the Gra say it? The answer is the Gra didn't say it. So now, when someone's talking about the minute of the gra, did the gra say it? You would say the, um, he didn't say it. So in eight, but when the Maisa Rav is actually published, which is in the 1830s, then it was already a much more widespread minute, even in Vilna, that people said it. We could see clearly from Sidurim at that time. So then they said, by the way, you want to know what the minute hagra was? He didn't say it. But not that the gra said, oh, they brought him the Shem Tevkatan or the Sharamelech or the whole Makairis, and he said, you shouldn't say it for whatever reason. It, it's not that he was had any problem, so to speak, with the Shem Tekatan. Interestingly enough, his son, Rabbi Raman Agra, um, had the Shem Tekatan, used it, and doesn't say anything bad about the Sefer or anything like that. Not that he should, but but he, he, was, he was familiar with the Shem Tekatan, I mean to say. Anyway, okay, now, Lamaisa, there are, there's, um, what's even more, a drop more interesting is, there's two there's two more Nakudas with this, which one will lead us to the to the next part, but the first Nakud is like this. Rabbi Avram ben Agra, son, the son of the Gra, I just quoted, he has a parish on Tehillim. So without getting into the whole discussion of this parish, um, but part of the parish, he brings down Mahalchem from his father. So on this capital, he has three Mahalchem to explain this capital. Um, um, he has three Mahalchem to explain this capital. One of them is based on the Sefer Nefutsis Yehuda, and one of them is a Mahalach from his father. A beautiful mahalach, which is using Kabbalah, all types of gra type of stuff, Kabbalah and, and Ramazim seeing different things. What and in the gra, the gra seeing in this capital sees the Yom Naram, Rosh Hashanah, he sees, he sees Yom Kippur, he sees Sukkot, with different Nakudis that were not um, at least said by the various parshanim that we have on this capital. Tell them, so I found it very interesting. So let me say the gra does know. Uh, or even as Mefarish, on some level, this capital to him that has something to do with these with Yom Neram, maybe not El, but for sure, Ashani Yom Kippur Sukkot, and it's Kedai to look at that parish to see how. But now this gets to the next Nakuda, which is that sometimes when you talk to people about El, and you, or you hear people talking about the Makairis, they right away say, of course there's an early Makar. What's the early Makar? A Medrash. Shtetan Medrash over here, um, um, in Medrash, it's not important which Medrash, but it's found in a bunch of Medrashim, Uri um, is, Rosh, is referring to Rosh Hashanah, the Yeshi is referring to Yom Kippur. So now, the question is, but what about El? We're saying to El, so Yachon is fell, okay. Lemaisa, but we are Sukkot. So Lemaisa, if you look in the capital, it does say the word Sukkot, so it's more open. Okay. So, so interestingly enough, this brings us to our next Nakuda, that when people say that there's a Medrash, that has some of these things. That's not a makar. That the it's not, the kavana is not, is it's a mistake. People think that's a makar to say it, um, an, or an l. That's not true. The medrash does not say that anywhere. If you learn the medrash, doesn't say that. You want to know is some sukkim in this medrash? According to this medrash, is it being mafarish some sukkim that it's being meramus rashanim kapasukim? That's true. So does the gra also does that, and you can find that with any capital tilim. What, what do I? What am I getting at? So. 
The marshal is a very chash of a chabad sefer shara kail. He goes this barichos over here in this particular topic of el of as I said the minhag chabad is that they say um, ledavid. And he says, but it's, uh, when you're talking about this medrash, first of all, he, say, he points out um, who, bring, who brings who, who's the earliest source that shells through this medrash. Rabbi Fraim is Magolus, tremendous bucky, even in Midrashim. So in his Elif Lamata on his Mata Fraim that we spoke about last time, he throws this in. Now he adds in where's Sukkis, so he, he throws in something, but that doesn't say in the medrash. So so, so Shara Khalil already points this out. And he says must be he had another medrash, but it, it's clear he didn't have another medrash. Um, he just was saying it now. But but his problem is, um, and this he says, and he's being a very very good question, which is, in in Tanakh we find I'll read his lashon like this: the atu kol apsukin shabat Tanakh shenimtsu shenidrashin al rosh hashanah v'yon kipper yikva b'sidur leimer as kol hamizmarim pamayim b'chol yoyim. You could find, and we know that there are many psukim. You learn, you learn enough. You, there's a lot of psukim in Tehillim that relate to Rosh Hashanah and Kippur. So we're going to put all of them and start saying them twice a day. Well, you don't do such a thing. Anyway, he has a, he has a good, very gishmak arichus on this topic, and um, and he points this out. Someone else, I was once talking to someone a long time ago, um, a few years ago actually, a rav, of, um, a rav, and he was saying something he was trying to explain, he was about to give a shear to explain, if you learn Api, the Mepharshim, um, um, you could see what the connection between the Kapitel Tillim and El is, like many Rabbanim do today all, all over. He says, but I'm, a, um, when, but he said, he, he said, and I quote, any Perak and Tillim pick could then, could have, you could find some type of connection. And But he said, maybe even if I'm not being a cynic, this is his Lashen, um, let's say five Sifrei Tehillim are like Hamishi Chumshei Torah. So each Pasa contains infinity and infinite Pshatim and applies to any slice of life, like we're building a person from any cell from his body. So basically, it could be, there's all different ways how to do it. But anyway, bottom line is that um, all these things are not, they're way above my, uh, as I say, pay grade. I'm not coming to um, say anything, but this is what some of the some of the nakudas of some why some of the people didn't want to say it. Um, and the point is that what the, in this last in this last nakud over here that I'm trying to emphasize is even when you find the medrash, the medrash is not the makar to say it daily. That's strictly the shame of katan and all the people that say to say it like that. Okay, now. So this is um, um, some of the, this is going to, this is we're explaining um, some of the Hasidic Shemenhagim about this. Okay, fine. Now, the question is, are there any other defenses for Hasidim? Or did the Hasidim, or do Hasidim say any other reasons why they don't say Ladavid in El? Okay. So in last episode, you mentioned that a listener sent in to you, um, that Shneir Zaman has a lecture on the topic. So a bunch of years ago, Professor Shnei Zaman gave a beautiful lecture on the origins of Ludavid, and he quoted this story, which I'm about to say. And um, and he and but after he just said over the story, and I'm gonna you'll see what I'm gonna do with the story after uh, is as follows. As we said, there's certain Hasidim, and we're back to the Leif Sameh HaChadash. Many Hasidim, I don't, I, ne- I did not make a list, and I have actually not seen a complete list what each Hasidist does. And I'm sure eventually someone will write such a list, but Lamaisa, Hasidim, some Hasidim don't say it. Fine. So the story goes as follows um, Professor Lyman referred to a Sefer Nazar Kaidish, which has in it Minhagim of Rapchitz. And in there is the following story, which was said over um, that. The Chasheva form the Mashkiach of Chachmil of Blun, Reb Shimon Mizilachov, came to Asanza Beis Medrash. 
And he asked, why is it that in Sans they don't say Ludavid? But it seems in Shinov they do say they do say Ludavid. And he didn't wait for their answer. And he says, I'm going to tell you a story. And he says, and he tells them the following story. And he says, based on this, this is the answer to the question. Important to let the audience know, Shinov is also from Sans, right? Correct. Correct. But I, I don't know much about this. I have to... Now, <coughs> so the story goes like this. There was a Yid, Rebel Yo Baal Shem, and there was a Gzeira. It seems the ruler in the city, we don't have all the details of the story. This I'm saying over the story as it's it's brought down in the Sefer Nezer HaKadosh. But Kitzer, this ruler, didn't have kids. So he wanted the Yidin to daven for, for him to have a kid. And he said, but if you don't, and not, I don't have kids... I'm throwing you out. So they came to Rebellion Baal Shem, and he said, give us 12 months, we'll have a kid. And Lamaisa, it seems that he had a kid, and they weren't thrown out. He said that the Baal Shem Tov said over this story to his Talmidim, he said, don't think that he got away, that Rebellion Baal Shem just made this moifus, and he got away easy. He got some type of punishment. Now, why would he get such a punishment? He's helping Klai Yisrael. As they said, there's a, there's a famous thing, a litvak, when he says over Hasidic Shemaisa, he asks too many questions, so we're saying it over in the Hasidic mode right now. Freknish Kinkashis of Hamaisa. But Kitzer, it says like this. So, um, Baal Shem Tov said, they, it seems that they wanted to punish him, he's going to lose his nefesh, his ruach, his neshama, but Hamaisa, he did it for Klal Yisrael, or this city, so he, so fine. So what did they do? Two takanas that he was masakin, they were mevato, which is Kegavna, and saying Ludavid. So it comes out from this Maisa that who's the person, who's the earliest Makar to saying Ludavid is Rebellion Baal Shem. And who's, and not only that, we get another tidbit, Kegavna. This is a Hasidish Minig. And yes, um, Kegavna, which is also a discussion with the Makar. So here we have a Makar from this story that. Um, where Kegavna comes from, it's also from this rebellion of Hashem. Fine. Now, but going on, he says, says uh, that the conclusion of the story, says Rav Shem it's known that the Rebbe Melech didn't say Kegavna, and the, up, the Upta did not say Ludovin. Okay, that's how he ends his story. Fine. Now, the question is, in this story, is, is there any way to check out who is this Baal Shem, this rebellion Baal Shem? Okay, so Lo- Professor Lyman just said over the story, he did not go, what I'm saying now is not Professor Lyman. This is my own addition to what Professor Lyman said. So the answer is like this. There are two rebellion Baal Shems. And not only, what does it mean, Elio Baal Shems? It means the two Mekubalim that were known as rebellion Baal Shem. One was rebellion Baal Shem of Chelm. This rebellion of Hashem was a Talmud of the Marshal, a Chashevarav, and we know he dies in 1583. Many, many years later, um, some of his Kabbalah Maisius, which we're going to get to later on today, is printed in various svarim, such as the Mephilis Alekim and a Sefer called Taldus Adam. This particular rebellion of Hashem is very famous because he created a Goyim. What do you mean? Everyone knows the morale created a Gailam. So we're going with the assumption the morale did not create a Gailam. Don't ask me why, but he didn't. As far as we know, there's no evidence, sorry, to be more exact. 
Maybe he did, but the evidence that's been brought up till now does not prove at all that he created a guy. This is actually going up. He, the maskana of Professor Shnei Zaman Now, he's the Paisik Akron in the Sugi of the Gailim. Now, but according to everyone, who did create a Gailim? Rebelli Balshem Michelm. How do we know this? The Chacham Tzvi, his grandson, records this. Rabbi Yaakov Emden records this from his father, the Chacham Tzvi. And we know, and that's how we know that he created a Gailim. So he was a Makubal. And he was a person that he wasn't Stam Makubo. We see him being Isaac. The, this story could fit with him. It's very possible. So according to this, the Minig of Ladavid would be in 1580, would could go back further than 1583. Okay, that's Makar number that's rebellion, that's one rebellion Balshem. But like to confuse everything, so there's not in 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 um in the yeshiva world, there's always Shneidinim. But in history, there's always two people. So the two people are is Rebellion Balshem, the second Rebellion Balshem. There's a Rebellion Balshem Miluntz. He's a grandson of Rabbi Yosef Reisenheim. And he was also an expert in Kabbalah Mysis. When does he die? 1636. He's a Talmud of the Maral Miprag. Interestingly enough, um, Shneir Zamalayman has an additional article about if a Talmud of the Maral Miprag created a Galilum. Because what happened is people said a Talmud of the Maral Miprag created a Galilum. What happened is they got mixed up between the Eliyab Shems. The Eliyab Shem, the first one we was talking about, who did create a Galilum, was not a Talmud of the Maral. He's a Talmud of who? The Marshal. He's earlier. The Rebellion of Shem that is a Talmud of the Maral did not, as far as we know, did not create a Galilum, but he was definitely a Brigma Kobo. There's a lot of information about him. It's been collected by um, just to list one Maramakam. Avram Epstein, a bunch of years ago, um, wrote a whole, collect, collected a lot of beautiful information about this great Rebellio Luntz. Now, this Rebellio Luntz, he had the Chibur of the the Ramah on Zayar, which in recent years some of it has come out. It's his own fascinating shmuz. I'll call upon him. There's two Rebellion Balshems. So it comes out, according to both, is either it's 1636 he dies or 1583. So we're getting Ludovid backwards because uh, we're getting at least further back because we were going with the Maskana that Ludovid is 1706 from the Shem Tevkatan and onwards. Okay. Now, over here, we have a, a point to add, and that, that is, in the last episode, we mentioned, we discussed about a Hebrew called Shiri Halavim, that's printed possibly in the sixth, in, in these years, and we would think that he would know, if it's if the story is about Rebellion Baal Shem, he would know about it, and the whole point of his Sefer, as we explained by Richus, was to collect all the people that, all the capital tell all over the year, and he doesn't mention it, um, Okay, maybe he didn't know the story. Uh, as I said, you can't ask Kashas of a Maisa. This is, you have to be Makabal. This is the story, the Hasidish Maisa, be, behind it. Now, it could be, we could say two, we could say, we could have all types of, 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 of a doichik. We could say that maybe the story is true, but it's a different Baal Shem, because there was a Yid Reb Yoel Baal Shem, and we're going to learn about Reb Adam Baal Shem, but maybe, and, and each one, and that will get it closer to 1706. Then we will gain that it's not a Kasha why the Shira Levim didn't know it, because it's after Shira Levim's time, but it's closer. But maybe you could say that it was a Baal Shem. And it wasn't Reb Elia Baal Shem, it was Reb Yamin Baal Shem. That's who Reb Yamin Baal Shem is the Shem Tev Katan. And, and, and this is going to get to what we're going to discuss. Um, we're going to discuss right now, which is. What am I? I keep on, I'm, I keep on saying this. There's a rebellion Baal Shem. There's two rebellion Baal Shem. There's a rebellion Baal Shem. There's a rebellion Baal Shem. There's a rebellion Baal Shem. What's going on here? Baal Shem. What does a Baal Shem even mean? So, so um, that that's what I want to uh, get to. 
Okay, so I'm assuming that if it's Rabbi Brat talking about a Baal Shem, he'll find the Litvish of Baal Shem, because the Hasidish of Baal Shem is something that he's told us already. Hard for him to really understand. Um, so this Rabbi Yom and Benish HaKoyen, Baal Shem, he's the one you want to talk about now? Yeah, I'm going to talk, talk about him and the whole to, the whole concept about it. That's, that's what we're going to talk about right now. We'll try to make it quick um, um, to keep everyone... Um, Today, everyone has a limited focus, so we'll keep it fast. We'll keep it short. Um, okay, so the story goes like this. Um, what, is, what does it mean, Baal Shem? So Baal Shem, we'll just quote without getting barichos, but Yisachar Tamar in his work, Ali Tamar, says there were many people throughout the generation, such as Aurelio Baal Shem that we're talking about, that they were able to do um, different maifsim through using Shemois Hashem. And that's what the name comes from. They were able to do Yeshuais, Refuais, with Shemois Hashem, and we called them Bali Shem. Okay. And they did, through the usage of what's called Kabbalah Maisis, they were able to do Pile Yeshuais. Okay. Now, what's significant over here is, is that, um, as I'm, tra- I'm trying in, in this part to finish up the story today, is to explain, after everything, not only to give um, um, understanding of, in the story that Professor Lyman brought down, but it's more about is that according to our Maskana in episode number one that of this sugya is that the shame of Katan from Rabbi Ben Yishakayni, he's the Makar. So who is this Rabbi Yom Ben Yishakayni? Who what, What's the story with him? What's the safer? What's the safer shame of Katan? What's it about? And what, that's why I'm trying to give this background. So the story goes like this: according to the Mishnah and Avos. And, and many other Makairis, it would sound like it's very problematic to use Kabbalah Maisis. It sounds if someone uses a shame of Mafirish, it doesn't have Chilak Lailam Haba, and it's brought down in different sources. Such as the Mabit says, if someone does use these um, these Shema um, Sakaidish for different things, it causes different things in the different problems in the Bria. Rabchaim Vital talks about it at great length. It could be you could um Klipas could be Mizdabek to him uh, from Tuma. It's very and it, um using Kabbalah Mysis is very problematic. He show he actually lists out certain people who did Kabbalah Mysis and we know that um, according to Rabchaim Vital that this that it brought um they were killed for it. And it's very dangerous also. Okay. This and another Nakuda Rukhaim Tal brings from the Arizal is that to you to do Kabbalah Maisis today is very problematic because we in order to do it you have to be Mamashtar from the from a paraduma. We don't have the Ifra para. So today it was it was already lost early on. Um and from when it was lost, we don't have this level of, of Tyra. So Mamela one cannot do these things. This is it. obviously the sugya of Efer Paro when it got lost is its own massive discussion from the Yushalmi and onwards, Rishayim and everything, but that we're not going to talk about today. Akopanim, so on one hand, we see there are sources already from the Mishnah and Avis not to use, and, and then going onwards, or Chaim Vital, a great Makubal, Talmud of the Arizal, not to do Kabbalah Maisis. Okay, very good. Um, Mitzad Cheni, there's also other um, concerns. One concern brought up by the Baal Sefer Habris, Rapinchus, he's called Rapinchus Mivilna. Amir Tzashem, we will discuss him in an episode in um, Reb Chaim, in the series of Reb Chaim Kanievsky Series 2, which we hope to start soon. We'll, we'll be discussing more by Rikas. But bottom line is, he says that even when you find these Shemais that exist, 
but it's very possible there's a printing mistake. And so that that alone, if you say the wrong shame and you add the wrong things, it could be mitzar if the wrong thing causes major problems. Okay, and there's other sources for such a thing. Akopanim, we see from this, that and, and it's brought down in halacha, there's a lot of makayers, it's problematic to do Kabbalah Mises. Okay. So you'll think that this is not, this is a simple matter. So everyone knows that when it comes to, in, um, by us, Yidin, we always have two Jews, three views. Okay. So over here, Lamashal is a tshuva from the Tshuva Sadeshan. And it's it was, it's a mamash story. It's brought down in his in the Lekad Yeshiv from his Talmud records it. But basically, the story was if a chayla, a sick person, could go to mechashefa, um, a witch, to get cured, it's not clear. It discusses what's what's the psukim in the Torah. What are they talking about when it says not to go ask from ayu v'yadoni? At the end of the day, the Trumas Adeshen writes the ain iser mamash. It's not iser mamash, which is subject to much discussion, and today we're not discussing all aspects of this halacha. It could keep us going for many hours. Further on, later on, there's a tshuva from the Nachal Shiva. Also very interesting tshuva, he discusses the sugya, which basically was, Rabbim and Hamoin Noigen, someone steals something. What do they do? They would go to a witch to ask them, where is the item? Similarly, a chayla who was not even a chayla sheyesh besakana. They would go to Mechashrefa uh, uh, to get a cure. So we see this was common. Uh, there's a Dvar Shmuel. He says even further that he has a diun. If one could go to a priest who does who does through Ruchais uh, and saying Shem Hashem, uh, um, um, somehow does a refua. And there's numerous, numerous truths on this topic. I'm going to mention a minute about this. But you think it might, you might think, oh, this is only olden days. People don't believe in it. Today, it's not so common. It's beyond common. But just um, um, there's a Sefer Chuvis HaPaiskim, which is a collection of, of Chuvis that were written to this Rameyer Katz. He wrote from Haifa. He wrote to different uh, Rabbanim all different questions. And then he, sometimes he would ask a bunch of Rabbanim the same question. One of the questions he asked way back... Um, it seems there was some type of, of priest that was supposed to be able to, in the Philippines, he was supposed to be able to do through energies and stuff, um, cure people. But he said things when he did his when he did his cures, and the question was asked, are you allowed to go to such a priest to get cured? He brings down, he was he wrote to about 17 or 18 Gedolim all over, starting from the stipler, and they all talk about this question, is there ever a time that he could rely on using Shemais? Okay. Interestingly enough, especially in El, the world has recently become fascinated with the Sefer Zera Shimshin um, and the schoolists with it. Baruch Hashem article is translated into English. There's books about him in English, everything. But less known is that he also, besides for being a great guy, he wrote some chuvas. One of the only chuvas that we have that survived, that was first printed from manuscript a few years ago, also relates to this topic of going to Emach Shefa to get cured. And again, in this tshuva, he has a whole arichas about it, and he says specifically, there are kaychas in the velt, in the world, there are kaychas of ra, of you, with using using shem Hashem that are very problematic. He says, Lamashal Yashka, he was able to do this, and he and he talks about um, they're being they're able to be piled, um, they're able to be piled through usage of, uh, but his problem is that these are shemus of tumah, and he has a fascinating tshuva about this topic, also full of interesting things. And bottom line is, he says it's problematic to go to such a um, to go to such a priest. That's what he wrote about it. Very kedai to see the tshuva. 
Interestingly enough, in a recent work that was printed from manuscript, the Shiurim of the Sepurnu on Sefer Tehillim. So he explains a whole capital, um, capital Tezayin, that it's referring to the people that do Kabbalah Maisius, that, that when they do Kabbalah Maisius, it's it, even though sometimes it's for good, but it's very problematic what, what's happening. And it's also Kedai to see how he explains in this work of his, this capital dealing with this issue. Anyway, this new bottom line is, and I'm not here to list because I will be here all night, all the sources about and the truvas that are relating to stuff from Bali Shem, just to list some of the materials out there, is there's a very interesting book called Jew, Jews in Poland, Lithuania in the 18th century from Professor Gershon Hundred. So he has a very good chapter about this. There was a, a hush of a yid that wrote a book called Magicians, Theologians, and Doctors, Dr. H.J. Zimmels. So he also deals with this in his in his work. Um, in my Sefer Lakut Eliezer, a small little booklet that I wrote, I also collect a lot of the material of some others that talk about these type of topics. And today there's a lot of material been written about with alternative medicine. There's numerous farm about it, magic shows, all, all these types of questions somehow relate to it. When's a mutter? Is a mutter? It's a fascinating topic, a lot to discuss. Um, Baruch Hobelander has a massive article in, a, in one of the recent, recent is, is, issues of Heichel Abesh, where he talks about Kameis and the Hasidic world. All this relates to this topic what we're, we're discussing. So what's interesting is, is that we see that people are doing all these things, and it sounds like it is some form of Kabbalah Maisis. What's going on? Is it us or is it not? Anyway, um, I don't have a clear answer for this question, but um, it's clear um, It's clear to just say, to conclude with a few points relating to this, and this will explain more about this Rabbi Yom Bashem, and that is as follows. On one hand, I, I said that there was such a thing that all these svarim, um, on one hand I'm saying is that there's Makairis, that it's problematic. But on the other hand, it seems that there's all these svarim such as the Roshem Tevkatan, that become very popular. They become very, very popular, and not only are they popular, but they are um, bestsellers. And they're full of schoolists, and some of them are even full of Kabbalah Maisis. And they have Askamas of Chashiva Gedolim of the time. It's not just that it's the Shem Tevkatan that's printed a bunch of times, which we mentioned, ten time, nine times, and the Sefer Zahira, which we quoted last time, there's a Sefer Mephilus Elikim, and there's a Sefer Toldos Adam, and there's a few other such works, and they're literally bestsellers. Now, first of all, these svarim is that besides having Kabbalah Maisius in them, they also ha- help Lamashal Yom Naram, a lot of the Minhagim that we have are also found in these svarim. So they help get the Minhagim out there. Because if it's a bestseller, and Lamashal says the school of Ladavid, that helped get, get out there, because a lot of people are seeing this work. It also helped spread Kabbalah of the result. So these svarim, and these svarim had a tremendous impact, much greater impact than was realized before. Now, even though it's possible, and there's a fear that a lot of times that the Bali Shem that are doing these things are problematic people, or they're, um, they're, they're uh, even could be frauds, which there have been many cases documented of frauds doing these types of things. But Lamaisa, there seems to be a tremendous contradiction, because a few years ago, it came out from manuscript, a magic book full of Kabbalah Maisias from none other than Reb Chaim Vital, who I quoted as a source for being one of the great Makairis 
how dangerous Kabbalah Maisius is. And he has his whole Sefer. And not only that, in the Sefer, it's clear he's doing the stuff in the Sefer. He's saying he's issuing these Kameas, he's issuing these different things, he's using the different Shemus Hashem to help people that had asked him for, for help in different situations. A fascinating, fascinating Sefer. And so what's Pshat? So it's clear is that there were um, people that were accepted in Klal Yisrael, that they did know how to do the, even though they're, it's taka dangerous, but they knew how to do it, however it was. Lamashal, one of the most famous things, the Machlaikis. What was the Machlaikis? There's a great Machlaikis in Klal Yisrael between Rabbi Yonis and Aibshitz and Yaakov Emden. What was it about? It was about the Shemais that he wrote, the Kameis that he wrote. So Rabbi Yonis and Aibshitz, one of the G'dayli Oilam, he felt that he knew what, what to do. Rabbi Yaakov Emden had problems without getting into Arichas, what those problems were. In general, Rabbi Yaakov Emden is, is masking that there's this tremendous Kayach of Kabbalah Maisis. He writes about it in his Svarim. In his drushes and his chibur migdalois, but he says there's frauds and there's a lot. It's dangerous if it's done wrong. Anyway, so the point is that there were mukubalim bali shame that were good people, such as already from Rechaim Vital. It goes much earlier. We find that there were such mukubalim already um, from the times of the Ga'inim. There's a very interesting chuva about it. Okay, now. I have given a, a, um, a whole talk once about Rebellion Gutmacher. Rebellion Gutmacher was also a Yid who some people actually said he's Hasidish because they see there's so many Kfitlach that have come up on auction of stuff from him. But we explained he's a Yekashi Yid, but he a Kameis by the thousands, and there were no Maifsim in his lifetime. He even himself discusses it. So it's not even we're relying on a Mipia Shmua Maisa that might never have happened. And we've discussed that at length. So just to just for um, you mentioned that I'm going to quote some Litvak that that was Maifsim and Kameis. So none other, and and if I didn't see it, I wouldn't believe it. One day, um, I come across the Nativ giving a hespin, and he talks about the nephew, a great Makubal, um Rabbi Ram Simcha, the great. He was a nephew of and a close Talmud of Rabbi Chaim Valajani. And when he talks about him, he says um, he knew Kabbalah Maisius. I show you Harba. When he's talking about it. Interesting, in his Hespid on Rabbi Ram Simcha, he emphasizes his, his, that he also knew Kabbalah Maisis. But you'll say, okay, fine. He said, not only that, I found a letter later on, a bunch of years ago, that um, the Natsiv had a Kamea that he would give to people. Um, it seems for people that had problems giving birth, the, the, um, the, the lady was in pain and stuff. Where was this Kamea written from? From Rabbi Ram, this Rabbi Ram Simcha, who I just mentioned, the Natsiv said, he did. So I have to. So I had to have one, just one maramakim for you of a litvak doing this type of stuff. Anyway, um, but he says I don't really know anything about it, and I guess it, he says the nativ, whoever believes in it. Okay, it works. Whatever. Okay, fine. Now, coming to the end. So who is this Rabbi Yaman Balshem? So the answer is that as far as we know, this Rabbi Yaman Balshem was such a person. He was a hush of a person. He had a tremendous yadan kabbalah. Kabbalah Sarizal. And as he says throughout his work, it seems that he had materials, some manuscripts, he traveled all over, so probably that's how he had stuff. But do we know anything about him? So the answer is, so for, so one, Nakuda is we look at um, when with the Sefer, we look at the Askamas. So sometimes you'll say the Askamas are not so reliable, they don't mean so much, there is something to that sometimes. But he had a, a in his Shem Tevkatan, he has Askama from Ravdavan Oppenheim, and also from Ravavram Bride. Okay, but they don't say much about him. Um, okay, fine. 
what about, um, does, does anyone else say anything about him? So yes, in the Sefer Amtachas Ben Yaman, which we also quoted, so he has a beautiful askama he gets from um, the uh, Panamiris, and also from Naftali Akayin, who is also a great Makobal, says he was by me, I saw him, he was by me, I know that he knows his stuff, which is very significant because part of the Nakuda with Kabbalah Maisius is, and as I said, is there were a lot of frauds. So he's definitely not a fraud according to these Askamas. So you could say, and this is this is a valid Nakuda, um, if someone would say such a thing um, many times, he might have been a fraud. He could have forged he could have forged his own Haskamas, um, maybe, if you want to be so nervous from such a thing. Okay. So I would like to... Um, now... Before I conclude with if there's independent evidence about him personally, I just wanted to mention there's also a sefer called Ein Oid Milvadoi from someone in the mirror, Rabbi Yitzchak Zilber, a massive sefer all about this topic. It's over, it's close to 700 pages, all about all aspects of this of this sugya of 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 Avodazara, of getting Kishuf, Ein Hara, because all this relates to what's found in these farm. Okay, but now to be Messiah, to, to conclude. With is there any evidence about this rebellion Baal Shem? So earlier I mentioned this is a Pinchas Ketzanel in in his fascinating autobiography Yesh Manchil. So come, this autobiography is printed. It was known to exist, but it was first printed in 1986. Mamish right away immediately people read it, uh, love it. It's beautiful. It's still I think available. It might even be available on Hebrew books. Anyway, so um, as now this we're talking about over here, what's significant is he has no idea the. Re- Rabbi Yaman Baal Shem has no idea if the Yesh Manchil is going to talk about him or whatever. This is independent evidence. And he says, um, at one point, he talks. He has a few passages where he talks about Kabbalah Mises, and he says, he talks about a, something that he did. Then he says that there, there was a Yid. This is Rabbi Pinchas Katz talking. He says like this. The Mechaber of the Amtachas Ben Yaman, slash Shem Tevkatan, Shayim Mekubal Gadol, his name is Rabbi Yaman Benish, he was in my house for a while, and he, and he gives what year? And he says, I got from him different things. But you Balshem Gadol Umaisov Hayamuflam. Okay. The, and then he discusses certain um, things that are found in um, Tachas Ben Yamin. Okay. Then he says about himself that I myself, Repentance Katsunoman, said I didn't really do um, Kabbalah Maisis. It seems his father warned him not to. It's dangerous. It's problematic. He talks about others. Fine. Then he says, I got one thing that I did do. I got it from who? From the Makubu Rabin Yaman Banish. It was a, uh, for someone that's having difficulty giving birth. And he says, um, it's, it's Badaka Manusa, it's been tested and tried that if you use it, um, it will work. And Lamaisa, later on, he says, he asked him for another Sugula and he gave it to him and it worked. So here we have him describing that he was by him. He's a tremendous makubal. He's a Yerushamayim. He's a good person. And it worked. Later on, he describes a little bit more about this, about this, um, about um, some other aspects, about some of the stuff that he got from him and some other things that he saw from the Antachas Ben Yaman. But here we have independent, that this only came to light in 1986. But here we have independent evidence of a Chash of a Gadol, who also knew Kabbalah himself, as it's clear, um, that he knew him, met him, and he was a reliable person. So it comes out to conclude is that this Rabbi Yom Baal Shem, and similarly the same story could really be told about the Sefer Zechira, these Svarim, which were became best-selling Svarim that are really now we're seeing are the Makairis for Ludovit and many other Menhagim. There's actually an article 
um, in Heichal Abesh, which shows some other minhagim that the, the earliest makar is the Shem Tevkatan. Obviously, it needs a lot of... Um, it's work in progress to figure out all the different minhagim that it is the makar, but even if it's not the makar, the first makar, but a lot of times, if since it said it there, and it was such a popular safer at its time, so it helped get the minig out there. Anyway, bottom line is, we have showed that the minig of, of saying Ludovid has makarius and a chash of a person, a chash of a makubal, according to the accounts that we have of him. And yes, there were. It's it's interesting to just to put it mildly um, how it works out and fits into the whole iser with Kabbalah Meisus, but that's its own halachic sugya, which we leave it up to the paiskim to discuss, and not stam people like myself. Okay, thank you very much. This was really a whole episode on its own of Kabbalah Meisus, like you call full tangent on Kabbalah Meisus. I'm sure you have plenty more to say on we many too. of these topics. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Okay. Thank you very much. So okay. now we have two complete episodes on the David Hashem, Oiri, and we hope to have you back in the very near future.